Hey everyone, this is Mitchell here. Uh, sorry for this episode being late, but we ran into a couple technical issues, if you want to call it that. For one, um, there's a massive fire where I live. My town kind of burned down a little bit. It's uh, no big deal for me. I'm fine, but um, my house is in the evacuation zone, so I haven't been able to be at home and edit this podcast or upload it in, in a timely fashion at all. Um, also, sorry for the audio quality here. I don't have my microphone either, but um, we have it now. And if you're hearing this, I've, I've done it. I've been able to upload it as late as it is. Um, sorry for it being as late as it is, considering the subject matter of the episode being about something that's happening on the 7th, and this being the end of the, <laughs> of the 6th today. Uh, can't be helped. Sorry about that. Uh, with that in mind, if you know someone or uh, know a family in the Ventura County area, try to uh, reach out and try to find out if they're okay. A number of houses have gone down today. I believe the the count is close to 300, quite a bit. Uh, so if you find any uh, if you find any people in need out there, if you know anyone with a GoFundMe, try to try to help out where you can. Uh, otherwise, just make sure that uh, your house is as fireproof as possible, I suppose. And with that, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mitchell Wolf, and I'm joined today by my forever co-host, editor-in-chief of Super Jump, and uh, good friend, James Burns. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm accomplished. You're accomplished? I, uh, I, accomplished. I'm feeling accomplished. I just got, yesterday, 500 moons in Super Mario Odyssey, so I'm feeling Ooh. good. <laughs> Are you okay? Hang on. How do we how do we talk about this in an episode that's not about Mario? Are you going to do the thing that you can do with five hundred moons before no, look, you get the other ones? No, I, I I will do the little bit extra that unlocks at five hundred moons, and that's probably it. That that's about as completionist as I get, and then I'll probably put. Mario Odyssey away for a little while and and go and play the next thing, which is probably Xenoblade Chronicles Two. That's uh that, that's fair. I think going back, there was no stopping me from just one hundred percenting that game, but yeah. I probably should have done what you did because then the next time I played it, I could have seen things that I had no idea were there, and that that'd be pretty exciting. I, I felt the same way about Breath of the Wild. While it was cool going back for mm. uh, the master quest when they made it harder, I, uh, I I had done everything in that game minus the nine hundred Korok seeds. Didn't bother with those. Um, 
<laughs> but going back, it yeah, would have been no. cool if I saved something <laughs> for to be new the second time around. Um, but that's not what we're talking about yeah. today. Uh, before we start, just a reminder. Hey, <laughs> if you could subscribe to us uh, on your podcatcher, it doesn't matter which one. The one that you are most comfortable with, whether that be an Apple iTunes situation or uh, whatever you, you use for that. Please do so. Please subscribe. We we need those ears. We need those listeners. And frankly, we, we just want to make sure that uh, you know how much we love you. We love you. Um, also, follow us on social media where appropriate. We have our Medium page, which is the main Super Jump magazine. Check us out there. Follow us there, please. Uh, there's a lot of great articles coming out there. Um, yeah. So... Here's, here's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the Game Awards. As hosted by Jeff Keighley, the Game Awards are quickly becoming the premier award for gaming. Um, I remember when I was a lot younger and the Game Awards were in one of their previous iterations. They weren't always called the Game Awards. This is only... Is this the, this the third Game Awards as it is now? Or the fourth, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I feel like it's only been in this format fairly recently, um, but I, I didn't really follow the previous incarnation. So you'll you'll know more um, about that than I do. I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you'd think, hey, they're going to do a podcast about it. Do like any research. Well, no, that's not how we roll here on the Super Jump <laughs> podcast. Um, I it used to be the the spike game awards or spike presents the game more something with spike that's uh, right and then before that it was mtv yeah. with a question mark uh <laughs> but this is the first time <laughs> i mean this is the fourth time they're doing this but this iteration of it is the first time that it has been shown as just the game awards it's not attached to anything uh the only brand that it's really attached to is jeff Keeley himself and he's been trying to put on the show that will be the Oscars or the Emmys or the Tonys or the Grammys of video games. Which, in in, in the abstract, sounds really cool. But apparently, it, it, it's taken this long to really get that traction to where it can even be taken as seriously as one of those guys. But uh, I, I, I think we're there. I've been seeing more people talk about the, these Game Awards, this year's Game Awards, than Game Awards in the past. Has that been true for you as well yeah i feel as though so i feel as though previously it was usually about uh awards that were handed out by some of the big yeah. publications so you know people were, were sort of spending more time talking about you know which game ign or GameSpot or whoever were going to award with game of the year um and, you know, there was always a degree, I guess, of involvement from fans in those awards, uh, at least to some degree. But I think this is really interesting because it, you know, as you said, it's not a specific publication. It's a lot broader than that. And the nominees are actually put forward by representatives from within the game industry that itself, which which is obviously a lot closer to the format you see with you know, the Grammys or the Oscars. And I think that makes it a little bit more, um, a little bit more legit somehow and a little bit more professional. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree there. 
Um, I, I, I think anything called Spike Presents, anything followed by that, I, I don't <laughs> think can measure up to people's yeah. uh, perception, at least, whether or not it is actually the real thing, of the Oscars. The Oscars mm. probably being the biggest one of these. Um, I'm of the opinion that the idea of Game of the Year is is kind of inherently silly. Um, just on its face, it doesn't actually matter that much because a mere uh, or a year is a relatively abstract amount of time, and also just deciding what the best thing is of a certain collection of things is like weird in and of itself because that's that's normally not how i think about games i think about them like oh this is good at this this thing or this made me feel this way Mm. um but what i do think the game awards are really really good at is getting the conversation going and getting us to talk about the more artistic side the 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 more important side of video games where we normally maybe would just rush through it uh like they they put out the these nominations way in advance of the the show. I think it was over a month, right? Um yeah. Yeah. And I I'm the kind of person that gets a lot more excited about the nominees coming out than um than the actual winners. Just because I I I can do a lot more with that yeah. in my mind. Perceptually, I I can I can see okay, these are the ones that we're talking about. Um, so with that in mind, why don't we get started? We can go through... What we're going to do is we're going to go through each um, each category. Uh, there is a minimum of five games per category. Some have more. And we're going to make our predictions of which one will win. And uh, if we can weigh in and give our own opinions on which one we think should win... Uh, we'll do that too, although we might save Game of the Year for something in the future. Um, so, James. <laughs> Who do you think will win Best <laughs> Chinese Game? The nominees are Monument Valley 2, JX3HD, Gumballs, Icy, and King of Glory. <laughs> Well, you gotta love, you know, you gotta love gotta some love gumballs, gumballs, don't Sorry. you, Mitchell? Um, That's practically my. Gotta motto. love gumballs. Everybody loves gumballs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on my business card. Uh, <laughs> um, so, as we discussed before recording, I th- this is going to be this is like the category where I yeah. wish I knew more. Um, I, you know, I, I. Out of this list, and I think you said this as well, um, Monument Valley 2 is the only game that I'm actually familiar with at all, um, even as someone who who doesn't really play mobile games very much at all. I know that Monument Valley is kind of one of those massive, you know, very well-regarded kind of multi-award winning mobile games. Um, I'm not familiar with any of the others, but... Even just looking at them here on the um, on the nomination screen, I'm actually pretty intrigued. Um, I mean, I'm I'm actually quite interested to check them out. Like, 
JX3HD looks pretty interesting. It actually looks like Skyrim in the screenshot here. It's probably got yeah, nothing to do with that at all. Yeah, just based on the screenshot and um, literally nothing else. JX3HD. And nothing else. <laughs> almost looks like what The Witcher is to Poland, this is to China, maybe. And that's a re- that would be really yeah, cool to see. Yeah, that's a... That comes state, uh, stateside. I actually don't even know if it has... Or if it does, does it need mm. a better name than JX3HD? I would argue yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And the same could probably be said <laughs> of Icy, which looks <laughs> which looks interesting, but I... I you know, I'll, yeah. I'll actually argue that Icy I looks interesting no because the pictures that they've chosen for Icy, and I know this is a terrible conversation for an audio-only medium, but it's like out of resolution. <laughs> it's so blurry. It doesn't even look like a picture of the game. It it <laughs> it looks like Silent Hill and Xenoblade Honestly, it looks had a like baby. Mid two thousands um, magazine scans. <laughs> um, like it's that it's that <laughs> level of uh, pixel quality. But <laughs> I mean, the game may be, may be great. I have no idea. <laughs> Literally, no clue. And Gumballs yeah. and King of Glory also exist. And that's about what we can say. I am very excited to see who wins. Yeah. Um, because, as, as you said, Monument Valley uh, 2 is the only one that, to my knowledge, has made a, any kind of impact in the West. Um, mm. I, I, and maybe in Japan, uh, sorry, not Japan, in China, JX3 is like the thing they're talking about. Which would be so crazy, like to go through this whole year talking about all these yeah. great games on this podcast, and not to talk about the game that the biggest country in the world is playing the most. That that would, that would mm. be crazy. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Uh, it it kind of puts the English speaking dominance of the medium into a little bit of perspective. But let's go into the next category, and this is one of my favorite category names. Uh, this is Best Debut Indie Game, presented by Schick Hydro. Um, <laughs> you can't say games are only for neckbeards when one of the categories <laughs> in the Game Awards is sponsored by something that is made to remove neckbeards. Um the mm. the nominees for best indie game oh by the way uh it's not day de- it's not just best indie game it's best debut indie game so it needs to be the first game a studio makes at all um so the mm. nominees are slime rancher by monomi park mr shifty by team shifty hollow knight by team cherry golf story by sidebar games and cuphead by studio mdhr um, of these, I think Cuphead definitely made the biggest splash. Mm. Yeah, I feel like going into this, Cuphead's like the one to beat. Cuphead's the fav- has got to be the favorite for this. Yeah, I, I think Cuphead, among among at least the kind of people that we are, which I have to assume is not too different than the uh, the college of. 51 or so i think it was 51 um people and organizations that have been allowed to 
also vote on this. It's co- it's complex because you, the listener, got a chance to vote, and also there's the these this team of fifty one elite voters that are like going to have a bigger percentage influence on it. I think your vote just counts for less than those people, significantly less probably. Um, among people like us, who I again think are probably pretty close to those 51 people, Cuphead is going to make the biggest splash. That is my prediction for who's going to win this. Um, but the popular vote might go to Hollow Knight. I've heard a lot of good things about Hollow Knight. Yeah, Hollow Knight's been one of those games that in in some ways I feel like it's kind of been... It's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but whenever you whenever you see people commenting on it or you read reviews, it's it's had a really really glowing reception. It's actually one game that I in this list. It's a game that I haven't played, but that I really want to play. Um, it seems like one of those must own yeah. indie games for this year. Um, the the only other one I I actually do own from this list is Golf Story, which I haven't started yet either, um, and that seems to have made a pretty big impact as well. In between our last episode and this episode, I've actually been playing quite a bit of Golf Story, and uh, if there's a Nintendo bias in this group of people, which I, I doubt, but if there is, uh, Golf Story mm. would have the edge there because it is. It is one of the best games for that portable, sometimes portable, sometimes docked thing that the Switch has going for it. Um, but but my, my prediction is going mm. to Cuphead. Uh, are you, you on yeah. board with that? Yeah, definitely. I, I'd be, I would be surprised if Cuphead didn't win. So category. here's another thing. I'm guessing that both of us are not going to have any insight onto whatsoever and that is the best esports team. Um, now this is this is strange to me because this is just like asking people what the best baseball team is instead of having them play against each other. Like <laughs> these are sports teams, and they should just be competing for the best for the title of best. But they like. Am I supposed to pick which one I like the most? I, I'm not even sure. But uh, even if I was sure what exactly they're asking, I'm sure that I couldn't comment <laughs> on which one is the best. Uh, are, do you have any familiar uh, familiarity with esports teams and their their process? No, I mean, I, I feel as though this is a huge, huge and increasingly huge part of gaming that I'm missing i mean i agree with you that you know you would think that the best team would just be the team that actually wins in their respective tournaments or whatever but i can imagine if you've got hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of people watching these various um esports tournaments at different times people i imagine would get to know the teams they would get to know the players and there's a category mm-hmm. coming up about that. There's obviously almost a growing celebrity involved with it. And I can imagine that um, there's a whole lot of conversation going on around like 
um, the kind of the behavior and the ethics of the different teams and individual plays that were really good and you know that there's probably a whole culture going on there that people are thinking about when they're voting in these categories my my one little bit of insight into this category is hungry box who is a smash brothers player that i've played against once and i've met a couple times and he's just a really nice guy and i like him a lot so he's part of team liquid I guess that's where my vote's going. <laughs> um, but, well, I mean, it would be where my vote's going if I felt confident to actually vote on that. But uh, just for um, just for the sake of reading them off, I'll do that now. The nominees are Team Liquid, SK Telecom 1, which I know is a really big South Korean, uh, South Korean team. Lunatic High. Phase Clan or Phase Clan, the Z is capital. I'm sure I sound like an idiot, no matter which one's correct. And Cloud Nine. I can just imagine people from yeah. that clan correcting other people. Like, no, it's Phase <laughs> Clan, not Phase Clan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, when I was in college, I lived with some people that were really into this scene, and their favorite was Cloud Nine. That so that's I mean that's how okay. far my knowledge extends to. The next category is best esports player presented by Omen by HP. Um, these the names for these categories are getting more ungodly uh, long, but but sure, <laughs> I don't know any of these people at all. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll read them off. There is Kurokai who plays Dota two. He's from Team Liquid. There is Ryu Jehong, or Ryu Jehong, or however, who is from uh, Seal Dynasty, who plays Overwatch. There is Nico from FaZe Clan, who plays Counter-Strike Go. There is Cold Zera, who is from SK Gaming, who plays Counter-Strike Go. And there is Faker, who's from SK Telecom 1, who plays League of Legends. Um, I like that this is a category. This is really cool. I yeah it's it's yeah. it's weird <laughs> I mean it, it it is another kind of indication of how I mean I, I don't know if I'd say e how mainstream esports has become but I mean we're we're actually getting to the stage now where individual esports players are actually becoming you know celebrities unto themselves they're becoming as recognized as you know, big football players and that sort of thing, which I think is really Definitely. interesting. I've, I've heard the name Faker being uh, thrown around a lot, and uh, that might just be because mm. Faker plays the League of Legends, and I know some League of Legends players, while I don't exactly know too many players in the other esports that the nominees are from. Um, so again, yeah. just on my very little amount of familiarity with any part of this category mm -hmm. whatsoever, I guess I'd throw my vote to Faker out of a complete place of ignorance. <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is something I'd like to better myself with. Th this could be part of one of my New Year's resolutions for 2018. By the end of 2018, I want to be not completely in the dark with this category. I think it'd be a good idea to get there. Yeah, me too. I've um, I, I have moments where I sort of dabble a little bit in 
Twitch streams mm-hmm. in terms of watching them. But I've, for the most part, I've just watched like single player streams. Um, I haven't really watched very much in the way of esports. I started watching a little bit of PUBG on your recommendation, and and that's actually been really interesting. But I haven't kind of actually watched any of the really big tournaments. So I would definitely like to learn more about that next yeah, year. Yeah, PUBG, unlike the other first-person shooter esports and all of the MOBAs, has a long way to go in terms of being watched and celebrated as an esport um i i do watch PUBG on on twitch yeah. from time to time but i don't do it uh by the way if you don't know what i'm talking about it's player unknowns battlegrounds i realize that that could possibly be exclusionary um i, I don't do it the same way i would think about doing or watching an esport because the the camera angles mm. and everything involved with the way that game works like the matches are they they could be 40 minutes long it does not it doesn't mm. work so well for for that kind of thing okay yeah. um last esport category i think best esports game for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players irrespective of genre or platform that's the little blurb they give the nominees are rocket league league of legends dota 2 Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, or Counter-Strike Go, and Overwatch. So, this is interesting because this is one of the few best blank game categories that is not necessarily only things from this year. In fact, none of these came out this year. Mm. Um, and and I, yeah. I, I think that's the way to do it for, for esports anyway, because... Uh, People involved with esports will tell you that the meta of their game doesn't really get to where it's as exciting as it could be until a little while, mm. where some things are more known and or well established and all that. Um, so, what do you think about this list? Uh, do you have a do you have a, huh. a preference here? Do you have a prediction for who you think will win? It's it's a really tough one because you've got games like <clears throat> League of Legends, which is obviously I guess League of Legends is is the oldest or the longest running of these of the games on this list. At least if you don't include if you think of Counter Strike Go as just Counter Strike Go and you don't think of you know the previous Counter Strike, um, then League of Legends kind of ha- comes in with that incredible weight behind it right that history behind it um but i'm i'm tempted to say that overwatch has a pretty good chance here because uh although it wasn't released yesterday um i do think it it can be very very difficult to deliver a new franchise and and have it become a big esports success a lot of developers and publishers have tried to do that and again you know as you were saying before like it takes a little while for a game to kind of get that stickiness Mm -hmm. in the esports community um and a lot of developers try to do that and fail and overwatch is one of the examples where i think 
Blizzard kind of came out with a really, really clear vision for what the game would be, and they really seem to have nailed it, and they've retained people's interest, and it seems to have continued to grow. It hasn't died off. Um, so I, I'm tempted to say that uh, I think my prediction here is probably Overwatch. Yeah, I think that's. I, I think you're right on the money because Overwatch more than definitely more than League of Legends or Dota is played by people like I know for a fact that it's played by people in the games journalism industry still and I I, I think mm. a lot of journalists have a really hard time um, investing the sheer number of hours required to get started really on League of Legends or Dota 2 um and Rocket League seems to not have had the legs we might have expected it to have last year. Mm. Yeah. Which would just narrow it down to Overwatch and Counter-Strike. And I, I just think Overwatch is more popular. Um, by the way, shout out to my friend Nick, who is who works at Blizzard on the Overwatch community team. Hey, Nick. Um, I, I think your esports oh, cool. game hey, might Nick. win. Um, okay, mm-hmm. next category is trending gamer. Now, the amount to which these guys are trending is obviously subjective because maybe this is just me being a really bad video game journalist again, but I don't know these people. <laughs> I've, I've heard of one of these um, people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... So the only person on this list I know is... Andrea um, from What's Good Games. Um, I am subscribed to their podcast and I actually haven't listened to it recently, but I did have a bit of a a binge where I was listening to them for a while. And uh, they're they're an interesting podcast because they are, are, I think every episode, they're uh, an all-female podcast. Um, really, really knowledgeable, really interesting. Um, and they're just, they're actually, they're actually a oh, podcast cool. I'd recommend. I'll check them out. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely check them out. Let me read off the other nominees really quick, um, uh, but, before we get too far into it. We have sure. Steven Spone from Able Gamers, Mike, ooh, Mike Grzyk from Shroud. Gr- Mike How G. did you do it? Mike G from Mike Shroud. G. Uh, Guy Beam as <laughs> Dr. Disrespect. This is the one I've heard of, um, and I've seen a little bit of him. Uh, Clint mm. Lexa from Half Coordinated, and Andrea Renee, or Irene, and probably Renee from What's Good Games. Um, I, I'm going to go with you. I, I again, <laughs> just I, I don't quite know these people. The fact that I've heard of Dr. Disrespect leads me to believe that he might take it from popularity but i i, I again I, I just don't know um but if you vouch for andrea renee for sure also good <laughs> at a certain point we will get to categories where we can <laughs> definitively talk about things get excited for that <laughs> um yeah do you think Andrea's gonna win um, look, it's, 
It's hard to say. I mean, that, so they do say in the blurb for this, they say for a streamer, influencer or media member who has made an important impact on the industry this calendar year. Um, I, I don't want to take anything away from, from any of the other people, any of the other nominees, but uh, the thing about Andrea and about What's Good Games is um, I think they've been, I think it, it's still quite rare to see um, content in gaming driven by women. Um, and, and that includes women in senior editorial positions. That includes women as hosts of podcasts rather than just guests on podcasts. Um, and What's Good Games is great because it's kind of championing that aspect. Uh, and it's just a, an excellent show in and of itself. So I think they're a really positive example for for women in gaming and for women who are maybe interested in sort of being content creators in their own right. Um, and so for me, I feel like that that is a pretty sort of significant impact, uh, especially when it comes Pacific, to content creation. You've, uh, you've definitely made a pretty good argument. Let's see how it turns out on the day of the Game Awards. The next category... Uh, again, we haven't heard of these games, I'm sure, but that's kind of the point, because the category is Best Student Game, awarded to the best student project created at the high school or college level. Now, the the winner of this uh, category is going to be decided entirely by a jury pick, and I was... I think it was a jury of five people that were going to play all six of these games, and there were some interesting names on that list. I think one of them was Hideo Kojima. I think another one was actually Jeff Keighley mm. himself. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, I'm yeah. all for championing championing student projects. The nominees are Meaning um, from Hariz Yet, who is a student at DigiPen Institute of Technology, Singapore. The next is Level Squared by Kip... Brennan, Stephen Scolio, Dane Perry Zvedson, and they are from Swinburne University of Technology. The next is Implosion by Hugo Werner, Rame Bertrand, Maxime Lupinski, and they are all from the IIM, the Institut de... <laughs> nope, not trying. Uh, it's the IIM. <laughs> They're from a French-speaking place. Or, or Canada. Uh, the next is Falling Sky by Jonathan <laughs> Nielsen, Nicolas Savov, Mo, uh, Mohsen Shah, Shah, and they're from the National Film and Television School. That's an easy name. The other ones should be inspired by that easy-to-pronounce <laughs> name. The next game is Hollowed by Aaron Merrick, Jarek Flores, Charlie Chocard, and they are from the University of Central Florida, Florida, uh, Florida Interactive Entertainment Academy. And the sixth nominee is From Light. And they are from... <laughs> they are by Fafinabout, which I didn't realize was one word and something I knew how to say, uh, from University of Southern California. Um, I did not go to the University of Southern California, but I do live in Southern California. And James, fun fact, I ha my house... We just moved into mm. a new house, my, my family... And there is a basketball court in the backyard. And the basketball court, I, I can look out the window of my bedroom and look at the, the basketball court. It has the University of Southern California's logo on it. 
and there is no way to paint over it. So it is a logo for a college that none, no person in my family went to <laughs> in the backyard of my house, and it is huge. I'll have to send you a picture later. Uh, so that's my... Yeah, yeah. Of, of this category, I don't know anything about any of the games, but From Light, being that you're a University of Southern California game, I'm already a little annoyed at you from, for, from no fault of your own. That's just how it is sometimes. The next category is best independent well, game. We are now in the territory <laughs> where we can talk about things for reasons that make sense. The nominees are Pyre from Supergiant Games, Night in the Woods by Infinite Fall, Cuphead by Studio MDHR, What Remains of Edith Finch from Giant Sparrow slash Annapura Interactive, and Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice by Ninja Theory. What are your immediate thoughts here? Um, uh, so for me, in terms of predictions, yeah, predictions. I, I'm really tempted. Uh, yeah, I'm really tempted to say that it's a race primarily between Cuphead and What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, I would find it hard to choose. I'd find it hard to predict a winner of those two because I'm still not familiar enough with what remains of Edith Finch, but I feel as though those two are kind of the front runners. Um, I, on, on a personal level, I'm, I think Pyre is really, really interesting. I think it's doing something very, very different with, in terms of gameplay design. Um, but I still feel as though Cuphead and Edith Finch are, are more likely to edge it out in the end. I can see that. Um, I've I've talked on the podcast before about how much I really like Edith Finch, and if I was to pick for this category right now, I would say that I would definitely vote for What Remains of Edith Finch. I mm. I don't quite see see it winning that much. I actually think Hellblade. Senua's Sacrifice could maybe take it. It's gotten a lot of positive feedback lately. Um, yeah. I think I would probably predict Cuphead. Or sorry, no, no I would predict Hellblade. <laughs> uh, did you say okay. your, your prediction is, is with Cuphead? Or Edith Finch? I... Yeah, it's for me. It's it's probably a tie between those two, but um, but I'm not familiar enough with Hellblade, so that could, um, you know, that could absolutely come through, especially if, um, and I don't know how much they factor this in, if at all, but um, I think Cuphead's probably likely to win in at least a couple of other categories as well. Yeah. Um, so there might be an opportunity for Hellblade to come through here and, and win. Um, there, there was a thing recently about Hellblade just making its money back. It, like it finally had become profitable and Ninja Theory was very excited about it. And they, they put out a thing advocating for more studios that were around their size to go in this, like not quite triple A, not quite indie path and uh if they did i think that would be the mm. dream you know really big independent yeah. games that's awesome um i i think from that alone that could possibly get a a, a few inspiration votes 
from other um other developers who are maybe on the jury um yeah i could also see cuphead taking it for sure the amount of effort that went into that game uh what was astounding if you look at the fact that they drew every frame of every every um every animation all that that's that's just amazing really could go either way um for me between cuphead and hellblade and for you i, I suppose cuphead and edith finch well i guess the the fact that we both think it's possibly cuphead means it's cuphead no that's not how that works yeah <laughs> maybe that's yeah. how it works who knows <laughs> Yeah, you if you know. want this podcast to have an official prediction, I guess it's Cuphead. The, <laughs> the, cool. the my my second favorite named category <laughs> is next, and that's most <clears throat> anticipated game presented by McCafe. Now, not too many <laughs> games are presented by McCafe, so the most anticipated of the <laughs> no, um, the the nominees are The Last of Us Part Two. Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, Marvel's Spider-Man, and God of War. So, first thing that came to mind for me immediately is that four out of the five of these games are, if not Sony exclusive, backed heavily by Sony. Uh, Last of Us, mm. Spider-Man, and God of War being PlayStation exclusives, and Mon Monster Hunter World being... Uh, uh, apparently sony helped fund them in exchange for that game not coming out on the switch which is it's still juicy man i i don't know how many like exposés have been done about that but i feel like there's something real juicy in there red dead redemption 2 being the only yeah. true multi-platform game on the list what is your most anticipated game of 2018 james um oh that's tough my most anticipated versus what I think will win is definitely oh, yeah, different Mine's not even a nomination. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that, that's a good point. Um, but if I had to pick from this list in terms of what I would, what my most anticipated is, um, oh, I think it's, it's probably either Monster Hunter World or Spider-Man. And I'm amazed that I'm saying that because I've never, I've never even remotely had an interest in Spider-Man games, and I'm not even really interested in Spider-Man in general at all. But I just think the game looks incredible, and I think Insomniac Games is a really mm. talented developer, um, and I think they will do it justice. Um, seeing the trailer at E3. Uh, they just look like they nailed it. If it actually turns out to have kind of the feeling they were going for in the trailer and that level of freedom and precision, um, then I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but in terms of the game I think that will win, it's probably got to be Red Dead Redemption 2. Out of these nominees, Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably the one that I'm anticipating the most and i would agree that it is either this or probably last of us part two could have a chance at, at pulling this award yeah. um yeah my actual most anticipated game is probably sea of thieves right now oh no my actual most anticipated game is dlc pack 2 for breath of the wild 
That should be really cool. Um, they should announce that soon. Cool. Because apparently they have less than a month to put it out. Uh, because Reggie came out <laughs> about a month ago and said that it's definitely coming out this year. Yeah, I, I think the award could go to Red Dead Redemption 2. You want to make that the official Super Jump prediction? Cool. It's happening. Yep. Um, and by happening, I mean we're going to get everything wrong. Best Multiplayer. <laughs> now, this is interesting because none of these games are nominated for Best Esport. And you'd think that there'd be some crossover there. Not the yeah. case. We have Fortnite, um, Call of Duty World War II, Splatoon 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Destiny 2, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. So interestingly, Player Unknown's Battlegrou- uh, Battlegrounds is the only one of these games that is also nominated for Game of the Year. And because its only mode is multiplayer, it should probably win best multiplayer in that case. I mean, just logically. Mm -hmm. I'm not as sure that that is going to actually happen, though. What do you think? This is really tough because they say for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences irrespective of game genre so i feel as though player unknowns battlegrounds and and fortnite are the two games that uh have probably delivered the most innovation with online gaming of this group in in terms of doing new things and doing things differently sure um, but it, it's really hard to say because I, I personally really love the multiplayer in, in Destiny 2 and Splatoon and Mario Kart. Um, I feel as though Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is probably the one to beat though. I, I feel like they would be the favorite, uh, to win this category just because of the, the massive response they've had in the gaming community the you know they became i think they beat dota 2 in terms of uh number of concurrent players on steam i can't remember what yeah it was high it was a high number um yeah and and there was just no one else that was going to remotely come close to to besting dota 2 in terms of numbers so the fact that they kind of came out of nowhere and did that is pretty incredible um and so i think just in terms of the impact they've had, I feel like they would be the favorite um, in this case. I'll agree with you on two points. I think Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is the favorite, and although you didn't explicitly say this, I think Call of Duty World War II is the least favorite. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, as for the four in the middle, um. It's interesting, right? Because it says for outstanding online multiplayer, right? Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is mm. a fantastic game. Um, I do not think of its strengths as being online at all. I, I, I think something yeah. that, that's amazing with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is taking it to a party, putting it in tabletop mode with the little kickstand on the Switch, and just playing it um, 
in couch co-op but if i was to rank it's out uh, it's on sorry it's online multiplayer i would not rank it so highly um and i think splatoon 2 is limited by nintendo's online multiplayer structure so i think i would put it between fortnite destiny 2 and player unknowns battlegrounds and between those three i don't think fortnite has the popularity to pull it so really just between destiny 2 and player unknowns battlegrounds i think it'll go to player unknowns battlegrounds i would not be surprised or upset to see it go to destiny 2 either though yeah okay yeah i think oh, i'm sorry what yeah. were you gonna say no, I was just going to say, I think um, Destiny 2 is definitely a strong contender. They've had, they have had a couple of interesting issues recently that, that we won't go into here that, that I don't know how much that will affect them, but it may affect the public voting. Are you referring the to the controversy of their, um, their EXP delivery system? Yes. Yeah, that, that's a bit of a whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm... I'm half aware of it. Maybe that should be a conversation for a different time. That is, it sounds complex. The next category, though, is less than complex. It is best sports slash racing game. Um, and I think me calling it less than complex uh, goes a long way in explaining how excited I am about sports and racing games. We have Project <laughs> Cars 2, Pro Evolution Soccer 2018, we have NBA 2K18, GT Sport, Forza Motorsport 7, and FIFA 18. Do you have any do you have any feelings about this category at all? <laughs> Not really. And and I it it's an interesting one because it they've combined sports slash racing game, but I actually think I know it's it is easy to lump those things together, but I mean, like there are some racing games I play. Um, like I've I've been playing recently, um, Forza Horizon Three, um, and that's a really really awesome racing game. Um, but I I don't play sports games, and I I kind of in my own mind I kind of draw a pretty firm line between the two. I think they're quite different experiences. Um, I feel as though just in terms of the three racing games on the list, I would be surprised if, if Forza Motorsport 7 wasn't kind of the front runner. Um, I think GT Sport kind of has the, the Gran Turismo pedigree behind it, but, um, a lot of people were fairly unhappy with the vehicle selection, you know, that, that there are there are a lot of vehicles in the game, but a lot of them are just reskinned versions of the same model. Um, and that's kind of a bit of a bummer. So the only one on this list that I would remotely put forward myself is Forza Motorsport 7, but I haven't played the, I haven't played Pro Evolution Soccer or NBA or FIFA. So, and I'm not really interested in them either. So <laughs> I couldn't comment I know on two, uh, NBA 2K18 did sell just an extraordinary amount of copies. Um, so that might be something to think about. Yeah. Like, more than FIFA, I'm pretty sure, which is strange, especially considering that NBA is um, exclusively an American thing and FIFA is more worldwide. Is there... Um, yeah. Do you have big basketball 
anything in Australia? Is there is there a league? Is there a notable league? There's so we have uh, we have NBL National Basketball League, uh, and they do they do televised games and that sort of thing. But it's not really, uh, I would say, in Australia, um, Aussie rules football and soccer are much much bigger and much more popular yeah. than basketball. Yeah, I don't know. Um, sure, it's Forza. Forza wins. <laughs> Best strategy game. Best game focused on real-time or turn-based strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. Again, that's their blurb for it. The nominees are XCOM 2, War of the Chosen, Tooth and Tail, Total War, Warhammer 2, Halo Wars 2, and Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Any initial thoughts here? Uh, well, for me, the standout is probably going to be XCOM 2. Um, I've played a little bit of XCOM 2, not a lot. I played a lot of the original game. So this is just a DLC and pack, isn't it? War of the Chosen? Oh, Okay. Uh, oh, I'm not sure about that. In that case, <laughs> I haven't played it. I've only Great. played the base game. <laughs> Glad everyone's really excited for it. <laughs> if it's just okay, if the yeah, if they're just measuring on a on a DLC pack though, I I um, I believe it is a its own bit weird campaign and everything, but it's XCOM two. Okay, the game itself I don't think came out this year, while War of the Chosen yeah is is a big update that did. Um, I haven't heard of Tooth Mm. and Tail before, but their little picture here of of some mice fighting with each other is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty intriguing. Um, I haven't heard of that one either. Um, I I still think XCOM 2 feels like it's the one to beat just because it's the most, um, you know, all of the XCOM games have been really, really well reviewed. They're very popular. They've kind of they feel as though they've been a bit of a standard bearer for strategy games in the last few years. Um, I am not sure about Halo Wars Two. I know that the first game was not received very well. I'm not quite sure about the sequel though, whether it was significantly better or not. Yeah, I straight up forgot that game came out this year. Um, yeah, it it could be there. There is still a large proponent or a large section uh, of the gaming industry that you know really really likes microsoft um i i, I would mm. not put it under the bus mario and rabbits has this strange yeah. thing where everyone thought it was going to be absolutely terrible and when it was pretty good that was a huge surprise right so <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know if it's any worse than these other choices but um, the surprise is definitely bigger than these other choices because these other choices seemed like things that people would probably like and this didn't. So I wonder if that'll factor into it at all. Yeah, I mean, it, that's right. If if that does factor in, then this has got to be... This has at least got to be a pretty strong contender in this category, I would have thought, because it was a very clever game. And I think... The, the way that they made 
Mario and um, turn-based strategy work and that it worked so well is is a pretty big accomplishment. Total War Warhammer 2, I've heard a lot of things about, a lot of positive things about from strategy fans. So I'm not ready to put that one out of the running either. Really, yeah. I think just not Tooth and Tail and probably not Halo Wars 2. So I suppose it could be XCOM, Mario and Rabbids, or even Warhammer. Yeah. We haven't exactly narrowed it down. Um, well, we've narrowed it down a little bit. I'm going to base my prediction... My prediction's going to Warhammer. Total War Warhammer 2. Um, what do you think? I'm I'm going to just be a contrarian and say XCOM right. 2 War of the Chosen. Sounds great. <laughs> we got to have some sure. controversy on um, this episode, I right? I mean, if that <laughs> whole thing where we talked crap about uh, sports and racing games didn't do it, then, <laughs> then this will, yeah. Then this Best will, yeah. Game. Yeah, how many groups can we <laughs> anger in one episode? Let's so the let's go for the record. Game category is for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. We have Splatoon Two, Sonic Mania, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, or Super Mario Odyssey. This is three Mario games, a Sonic game, and Splatoon. Um. So I guess what I guess that's what they mean by family. Uh, yeah. I honestly don't understand this category that much. Um, if it's just game of the year, but everything that's only rated E, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's weird because so they say best game appropriate for family play, so. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that means because my first thought is when I think of that, I think about the idea of like parents and children in the living room wanting to have a shared game experience. Um, you know, not, not just something that is appropriate for kids in terms of content, but something that people are, you know, that the whole family can play together. And if that's the yardstick for this, then I don't really see how sonic mania or super mario odyssey necessarily factor very strongly into that even though i know they both have some form of multiplayer but you know if you've got two parents and two children for example um i would have thought that something closer to mario kart 8 deluxe would be sort of the most appropriate thing because that's the sort of game where you know, you don't need to be especially skilled to have fun and you can have more than two players at once. So you don't have a situation where you've got like, you know, a couple of kids playing it and one kid sulking in the corner because they're waiting for their yeah, turn. This happens a few times in these categories where I'm confused as to whether it should be here are the nominees, which is the best game of these or which is the best game at this specific thing. Because if it's if it's for family yeah. play, Splatoon two has bad co uh, couch co op or couch uh, multiplayer. 
And Sonic Mania and Super Mario Odyssey both have pretty bare bones, not enjoyable co-op modes. Mario and Rabbids mm. Kingdom Battle has something in multiplayer that I don't even remember. I don't see how you could not give it to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. It's not my favorite game out of this list, but... Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It's definitely not my favorite in this list, but if I were... I think about it as like if if a parent were asking me, like if they just bought a Switch and they were asking me, you know, what game can I get that, that everyone can play... Mario Kart 8 would be my recommendation straight away. Yeah, and, and doesn't it seem a bit... Um, oh, I, I guess that didn't come out this year, did it? I was going to say Overcooked is, is something that I've been hearing a lot about that oh, should yeah. be in this yeah. list as well and isn't. Um, but was that 2016? Might have been 2016. For other, other consoles besides uh, Nintendo. Yeah, that that's right. For other consoles, yeah, that's true. Okay, um, so I guess that's where our prediction is. Um, you know, I have heard a lot of people on Twitter that voted for Sonic Mania in this category specifically because they thought it was their game of the year and it's not nominated for anything else. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, that's there you go. There's that. Um Best fighting game. Mm. Now, this is interesting because, in in my opinion, I don't think I would have made this a category. I There have not been enough fighting games to have the top five fighting games be like an exciting thing. This is pretty much every fighting game that came out this year. There's Tekken 7, Nidhogg yeah. 2, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Injustice 2, and ARMS. So, Injustice 2 is probably going to win. Um, I don't yeah. think it's just... I just don't think it's very controversial. Tekken 7 mm -hmm. has a pretty big fan base as well. Tekken 7 could be a contender, but people don't like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Nidhogg 2 is neat, but I don't think it made as big of a splash as the first one did. And I also think ARMS has kind mm. of fallen off in popularity as well. Yeah. Yeah, and Justice 2. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to go with you on this one. Um, would you would you give it would you choose a different game if it was just up to you? Uh I know you like ARMS. Good question. Um Yeah, I do, but I I I I don't think of Arms as like a traditional fighting game. Like when I play Arms, I think of it. I I feel like I'm sort of playing more of a party game, or you know what I mean. It it, it it's almost a thing unto itself, even though it mm -hmm. is a fighting game. Um, I, I don't really see it through that lens. So, it out of all of these games, it's the only one I've played. I haven't played any of the others. I haven't played a Tekken game in many years. Um, but I see what you're saying about Injustice 2. And, you know, if I had to predict what I think will win, um, I, I'd probably go with Injustice 2 as well. Okay, now here's an interesting category. Best role-playing game. 
for the best game designed with rich player uh, player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. We have South Park: The Fractured But Whole, mm. Final Fantasy XV, Divinity: Original Sin Two, Near Automata, and Persona Five. Now, Near Automata kind of sticks out to me in this category a little bit because it is not. It is not a traditional RPG like these others are. Yeah, it's it's more of a more of an action sure, RPG. Sure, an action RPG. I, I would even feel comfortable. There's a uh, there's an action adventure category we're gonna get to later. I would feel pretty comfortable with it there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is another one like the best multiplayer was how it had player unknowns battleground in it and that was nominated for game of the year this has persona 5 in it and that is nominated for game of the year uh and the other four aren't yeah so that could that could push it over the top but i know a lot of people really 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 like near automata and of Hardcore RPG fans, Divinity Original Sin 2 is apparently very groundbreaking in how much freedom to do a lot of Dungeons and Dragons-like role-playing you have in a computer game. Yeah, um, I feel I feel a little bit awkward um, making a recommendation here because I've I've heard similar things about Divinity. And I, I just feel too ignorant about it when I know that it has quite a big following. Um, and I've heard a lot of good things about mm-hmm. South Park as well. Um, I've played Final Fantasy XV. I've played Nia and I've played Persona 5. Um, it's a really, really tough one. I feel as though the front runner in this group is probably Persona 5. Um, it, it was by far the most successful mm-hmm. Persona game ever, um, in, just in terms of sales and hype and all the rest of it. And I think um, it, it's one of those games that just has insane production value. Um, it, it's just an, a beautifully, beautifully produced game with incredible polish um and you know excellent music excellent art design um it's pretty hard to beat i think but i i I feel like near is kind of the underdog that i want to like that would probably be my personal vote just because there is nothing else like it i feel very strongly that near automata has a huge chance of pulling the game journalist crowd in that electoral college yeah that's a good point in fact yeah near yeah, automata that's actually has my prediction i do predict that near automata will win this category oh okay i would like it to win this category um it, it's interesting you say that because i think i can imagine I- industry people and games journalists voting for near but when it comes to the public vote, I feel like Persona 5 is probably going to be stronger in terms of 
like the community response. The public may only have 10 or 20% because... of the vote, though. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, in that case, I, I'm pretty comfortable to go with you when it comes to I Nia. thought we were going to have another one of our patented disagreements, James. <laughs> one of our famous <laughs> disagreements. No, I mean, it, it does depend how much the public vote yeah. influences it. I think if it were like a 50-50 split or something, uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, Persona 5 would have a much better chance. But if if it's much more heavily weighted to the industry people, then I can definitely see the industry people going for Nia. Um, okay. I'm looking at the about page to see if there is a disclaimer about how... No, it doesn't look like there is. I was going to look to see if there's like some percentage that they give that the popular vote mm. factors into. And it doesn't appear to. Um, yeah. Okay. The next... We're, we're heading into the last few categories here. The next uh, category is best action adventure. So, James, the nominees are Uncharted The Lost Legacy, Assassin's Creed Origins, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Again, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, that is a DLC pack that is being treated as a whole game, much like uh, XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. Interesting stuff. It's a constantly evolving medium we live in. But best action-adventure game, this is (laughs) tough because three of these are nominated for Game of the Year. Nominated for Game of the Year, with that being Zelda, Mario, and Horizon. Do you think they have the upper hand here? Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. I I feel bad for Assassin's Creed Origins. I really do (laughs) because, and I think I actually, I I wrote an article about it recently on Super Jump and I I called it 2017's Best (laughs) Underachiever. (laughs) And I, I feel like that's a little bit harsh because... I've actually been playing it more and more and I'm really getting into it and it is actually really very good. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's actually much, much better than I expected and much bigger than, I, than, I, than it has any right to be. Um, in, in terms of size, it's actually really rivaling Breath of the Wild. Um, um, so it's, it's a tough one. Um, I mean, I think probably Breath of the Wild is probably the most likely to mm-hmm. edge the others out here. Uh, I mean, when they say best action-adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Yeah, that just sounds um, like Zelda. Yeah, I mean, Zelda really has... Zelda kind of, I think, really nails each of those elements. Um you could argue that Horizon Zero Dawn has a more in-depth combat system, which is probably true. But on the other hand, Zelda's combat is not just about actual one-to-one combat. It's also about the way that you can manipulate the environment to defeat enemies as well. You know, like rolling boulders down hills and setting grass on fire. And so combat in... Zelda is this much more kind of interesting amorphous yes. concept. Um, 
And and I just feel like Breath of the Wild really set a new standard for some of these things. So uh, I, that's probably my prediction here. And it, and it is tough because these are all very, very good I think very I have an issue games. with the blurb here for this category because it seems to equate action with combat which yeah it's a big uh, combat is a big part of action but for example in mm. super mario odyssey the combat is is pretty weak actually but i'd say the action in that game is still great it just comes into the conversation yeah. more when you're talking about mario's mobility that is the action of this game and yeah. if you're judging it this is again if it's just best game in this category i don't know but if it's best at action adventuring maybe mario could do it um again i don't know but i i agree my prediction is with zelda yeah okay the other side of action is just best action game for the best game in the action genre focused on combat again we we're getting this combat focus for action which i i don't think is necessarily going to be the case the whole time uh, the nominees are Prey, Neo, Destiny 2, Cuphead, and Wolfenstein 2. Weird that Cuphead's here. I don't think of that as an action game, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, Wolfenstein 2. Okay. I've heard people like a lot of things about that game except its combat. So that's interesting to me that it's here. Yeah, it's... I I I think my biggest issue with Wolfenstein 2 was actually the kind of some of the inconsistency around the stealth um, more than the combat per se. But I, I'm I'm with you in terms of I'm a little bit surprised about Cuphead being in this category. Um, the others I can completely understand. Um, I I haven't played Prey, but I think conceptually. Prey is probably the most interesting of all of these in the way that you can, you know, possess different objects in the world and the way that factors into combat. Um, so I'd say Prey is probably the most innovative in terms of combat. Um, for me, it would probably have to be somewhere between Neo and Destiny 2. Um, I mean, Destiny 2 is kind of known for its right. combat. You know, whatever else you say about Destiny 2 being good or bad, the gunplay, like the core fundamental mechanics are really, really strong uh, and are probably among the best in any kind of first-person shooter game. So, Did you end up playing um, Neo? I never played Destiny, Neo. Destiny, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I played a lot of Neo. Um, Neo's combat is very, very good. It's very similar to Dark Souls. I think it was pretty heavily inspired by Now be careful, Dark James. Souls if we games. make a comparison to Dark Souls, we will be crucified for it. <laughs> well, I feel I feel qualified because I'm a I'm a big Dark Souls guy, so um but I know that's controversial. Well, I mean for us it's probably more like um, Breath of the Wild <laughs> is the thing that we can't make comparisons to. Yeah, that that's um, true. I would like to see Prey win it. I think that'd be cool. I could also definitely see Destiny 2 yeah. win it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I don't I don't think there's a bad choice here. I think all five of these games could win it, and I'd be pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky too because they say for the best game in the action genre focused on combat. So they don't actually say the yeah. best combat. Um, and if it's just the best game in this group of five, <sighs> I don't know. My prediction um, is Destiny 2. Yeah, I think I, I think that's kind of where I was leaning in my initial comment. So I'd, I'd probably say Destiny my, my 2 as well. My pick is Prey. I would vote Prey, but I think I predict Destiny 2. Yeah um okay best vr slash ar experience i don't have one of these so i have not played any of these or Mm -hmm. i guess even have a concept of how they work (laughs) i um i do have a playstation vr but uh the only one of these i've played is i've played a little bit of resident evil 7 in vr uh, I haven't played the others. I'm I'm actually really keen to play Superhot VR and Farpoint. Um, I've heard very good things about them, and Superhot I think is a really cool concept, um, just in general. Yeah. Um, but in terms of best VR experience, I I I don't think I could pick one from this list. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about Superhot VR. And while I've also heard yeah. a lot of great things about Resident Evil 7, that is a game that works in VR, while Super Hot VR is a game designed specifically for VR. So based on that little knowledge, I guess I would I guess I would go with Super Hot VR. But let's just move on because I don't think we seem very qualified. Best handheld <laughs> game. Now this is interesting because in the past there have been competitors in the handheld market and there are no longer in fact i bet this will no longer be a category after this year because the nominees are poochie and Mm -hmm. yoshi's woolly world monster hunter stories metroid samus returns ever oasis and fire emblem echoes shadow of valentia all of these are 3ds games and i just don't think there's going to be very much 3ds support anymore um it, yeah. This category feels a little out of time. It, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I, I'm in a weird position here because I have a 3ds, but I, I rarely play it. Yes, really, I'm rarely. I'm almost play done it. with um, it. <laughs> I really feel almost done with yeah. it. In the same way that I'm, am very done with my DS. My 3ds is heading that way. Yep. Yeah, and so for me, like, I haven't played any of these games, even though I think it's fair to say these are all really good games. Um, The one that I most want to play of this list is Metroid Samus Returns. Yep, same here. Um, That's that's the one I've been thinking about. Like, if if I ever at some point have, like, a, a relatively quiet month for games, which doesn't look like it'll happen anytime soon... Uh, Metroid Samus Returns is probably the game I would pick up. Yeah, they'll probably win. 
Next is best mobile game. We have Fire Emblem <laughs> Heroes, Super Mario Run, Old Man's Journey, Monument Valley 2, and Hidden Folks. And let me just say, it is strange to see just these two very high-budget, very commercial Nintendo games, and then these three very art-style indie games in the same category. Yeah. Have you played too many of these? No, I, I've played... So I've played a bit of the original Monument Valley and I've played Super Mario Run. Uh, but again, kind of like 3DS, I don't play many games on on my phone. Um, largely because I think... <laughs> this is the last big group we're going to piss off <laughs> today, sure. by the way. Um, I, I largely think gaming on phones is bad generally is, is a bad experience uh, I, I don't disagree <laughs> I, I do think there's a lot of good things I have a problem with Fire Emblem Heroes loot box system um, it is mm. pretty much the same as it is on s- some console games that are getting a lot of flack for it right now and Fire Emblem Heroes has not gotten almost any flack for it because for one it's a mobile game and that's more okay for some reason and for two it's a nintendo game and there are a lot of nintendo apologists but i think it's a pretty bad thing they've done so i would not like it to be that um super mario run is a pretty mechanically sound game but it's uh it's pretty pretty basic um i'm not sure it's pushing any boundaries I've also played the first Monument Valley, but not Monument Valley 2. Um, I have played Hidden Folk. Hidden Folk is pretty cool. Hidden Folks is a game, it's mm. like, where's Waldo? But way harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because there's no colors, and <laughs> it's it's black and white, and the, the image resolution is very large. Um, and I have no idea what Old Man's oh, Journey even torturous. is. Sounds torturous. I have, I don't know anything about that game at all. Yeah, me too. I'd like Hidden Folks to win, but <laughs> I guess, yeah, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Monument Valley too, partly because I feel as though if if Hidden Folks wins, that's just sanctioning torture. <laughs> So I, I, I'm not going to go in that direction. So the next category is best ongoing game. This is a really interesting category. This is, uh, the nominees are Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds and Destiny 2 came out this year. I don't know if you can consider them ongoing yet, but maybe that's the point. It's just maybe a good game to play over a long, long period of time. Do you have any impressions? Well, having Player Unknown's Battlegrounds in this category is an interesting choice because, so they say that the blurb says, awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Now, I know that Player Unknown's Battlegrounds 
has had various updates over time and I think they're about to introduce another map and there are some big changes coming. But it, it feels a little bit too early. I think it feels like it's a bit too early for them to be kind of getting an accolade in this category, like maybe next year, but it, it feels a bit too soon somehow. I could see that um, conversation happening at like IGN. A bunch of people in a room are in a room. Someone argues for player unknowns battlegrounds. Someone else says, it hasn't been out that long. Wait till next year to give it that award. And then they give it to Overwatch instead. Yeah. From that, my yep. That's that's my the way guess I'm thinking is Overwatch about it. Yeah. That. Yeah, I feel as though Overwatch probably has the edge here because Destiny Two also has a similar problem to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I mean, it will have, it'll have a um, a big DLC drop this month, but it's it's a little bit too soon to actually say that um to actually talk about ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time even though they did it with the original destiny it kind of remains to be seen how well they will do it with destiny 2 whereas i think i feel like overwatch has had pretty consistent um engagement from blizzard all the way through and they've done a lot of work to you know constantly keep it up to date and to constantly kind of evolve and build that meta mm-hmm. game over time um so i feel as though they're probably so the how are you doing here. on time james we're going kind of long okay uh, yeah, let's do it Let, let's do some lightning round ones let's let's just go through it say who we think's going to win and move on to the next thing the next category is games for impact probably cool. a bad one for lightning round but we're doing it uh, a thought-provoking game with a profound <laughs> pro-social meaning or message. The nominees are Please Knock on My Door, Night in the Woods, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Bury Me My Love, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. I think Night in the Woods will win this. Mm, okay. Uh, I've got to abstain. I, I don't know enough about these games. Um, I mean, I've <laughs> I've heard of them, but I haven't played cool. them. Cool. Um, the next is Best Performance, awarded <laughs> to an individual for voice acting, motion, and or performance capture. The nominees are Melina Jurgens for Hellblade as Senua, Laura Bailey for Uncharted The Lost Legacy as Nadine Ross, Claudia Black for Uncharted The Lost Legacy as Chloe Frazier, Brian Bloom from Wolfenstein 2 as BJ Blazkowicz, and Ashley Birch from Horizon Zero Dawn as uh, Aloy. Who do you think will win this, James? Uh, I reckon, I think Ashley Birch will win, but my personal pick is Laura Bailey as Nadine Ross. And I think Melina Jurgens from Hellblade is going to win. Whoa, we disagree. Moving on to the next thing, best audio design. This is a really cool category, actually. The nominations are Destiny 2, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Resident Evil 7, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey. What do you think has the best audio design? Oh, probably... uh, For me, it's really tough to choose between... Resident Evil 7 
Zelda and Mario. Resident Evil 7 has incredible sound design um, and that's a big part of what makes it creepy. So it, it's very hard to choose. I, I feel as though the award's probably going to go to I think so too. Zelda. Um, but but I my runner-up would probably the be Resident Evil 7. The way they seem to know exactly when to put on a song in Zelda when you're just walking along the forest and then suddenly a little bit of a melody starts happening in the background. Uh, it, it's pretty cool. I don't know yeah. if I've played a game that works like that exactly. Yeah. Now, how about this? This is different. Best score slash music. For outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack, the nominations are Destiny 2, Cuphead, Near Automata, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Persona 5. Oh, Isn't it? This is really tough. They, these games all have brilliant scores. Um... I, I would have gone with Persona 5, except the score is very repetitive. There are only really a couple of tracks that play. They're very, very good, but it's it's highly repetitive. Um, I think as far as musical score, for me, it's probably between Cuphead or Super Mario Odyssey. So Malik, the cartoon gamer who was on our show for a mid-jump uh, two or three weeks ago now, he, uh, his aunt sings as King Dice from Cuphead. So there's that. So for Super Jump oh, podcast wow. cred, I think we have to go with Cuphead. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy with that. The, the soundtrack in Cuphead is beautiful. I mean, a lot of people really like Jump Up Superstar, though. Uh, I, oh, I'm not okay. a big fan of that, but uh, I, I just... So if you ignore mm-hmm. Jump Up Superstar, if you actually go into Super Mario Odyssey and you just play different tracks, you know how you can visit that little toad and play various yeah. tracks to win a moon from him? Um, there are some just insane tracks in there and there are some really smart, really clever riffs on yeah. classic tracks and some of them only play at certain moments in the game. Uh, my favorite, by the way, and I think it's one of the most beautiful tracks in any game I've played in recent memory, is it's very specific. If you go to uh, Sand Kingdom at night Whoa. and listen to that track, it is it is stunning. I, uh, I don't think I would know to listen for that. I don't. When do you go to the Sand Kingdom at night? Is the Sand Kingdom uh, at night the first time you go there? There's only, uh, I think it might be the second time you go. There, there is a certain point huh. where you go there at night and there's, the, there's, a, there's a music track that plays only at night in Sand Kingdom. Uh, if you look it up on YouTube after this, I'd be interested to see what you think. It's just really, really beautiful. My favorite really is beautiful. The Wooded Kingdom. That's, that's a really cool uh, surf <laughs> song kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's uh, a cool al- Almost like an electronic Beach Boys thing going on. Um, but yeah, be- yeah. We're, we're voting Cuphead because of Malik. Thank you, Malik, for being on the show. <laughs> uh, best art direction. 
<laughs> the nominees are Cuphead and a bunch of things that aren't Cuphead. Um, <laughs> Cuphead will win this. It is so easy for it to win Best Art Direction. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Cuphead will win, not just because of the art design, but I think the technical achievement aspect as well. They're, they've pretty much yeah, got that it's, nailed. It's probably a game that will be taught in uh, crafting classes for, for video game like college programs yeah for years to come it, it's a huge achievement yep. best narrative the nominees are what remains of edith finch near automata hellblade senua's sacrifice wolfenstein 2 and horizon zero dawn I, I i've voiced this already my vote definitely has to go to edith finch but any of these other games yep. except maybe horizon I could also see taking it. Yeah, I think in, in terms of storytelling and narrative development, for me, it's probably got to be Wolfenstein 2. And that's only because I haven't played uh, Edith Finch yet. But uh, I think the the storytelling, the acting, the writing in Wolfenstein 2 was really exceptional. Uh, do we have a prediction? Do we have a prediction for what we think wins? I think Near Automata wins. Um, but Wolfenstein could definitely mm, win too. I, I actually think... Yeah, I think it's... I personally think it's probably between Wolfenstein For and Nerd. Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, yeah, I, I don't see Near winning for narrative. Huh. That's surprising no. uh, for Horizon to me. Well, I think it's just you know if you look at um, if you look at the reviews and the articles that have been written about Horizon, I think the 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 plot and the setting and the characterization have all been things that people have kind of universally praised, and they've they've actually praised them more than I would personally. I'm probably a little bit more harsh on Horizon's storytelling than than a lot of people are. But I can see why Horizon would, would do very well in this category uh, I suppose for, that. for our official prediction, you can split the difference, and it's Wolfenstein 2. Uh, best cool. Game Direction. We only have two <laughs> more categories, and one of them is Best Game Direction. Interesting category, because I think a lot of people don't think of games in the same way they think of movies in having a... a focused direction behind them but the nominees are wolfenstein 2 resident evil 7 biohazard the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mario odyssey and horizon zero dawn what do you think about these nominations um again i think for this one if you think about it just specifically in terms of creative vision and innovation in game direction and design uh for me it's probably got to be zelda again especially given that the director of breath of the wild i'm gonna get his name wrong hiroshi uh, Fujibayashi. i think it's actually yeah Fujibayashi. Um, i believe this is the first game he has actually directed. I know he's been, um, he, he's played a senior role in other titles before, but I think to take on, to take on one of the biggest franchises in gaming, 
as a first-time director and to also be in the position where you're completely reinventing that franchise and setting new standards in a whole genre at all at the same time. Uh, at, from a director standpoint, I think that's just incredible. And I think he'll be a director to really watch out for in terms of actually following his work specifically. Uh, in the future. I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, it's interesting to me that best direction is just not, the same as game of the year considering if it has the best direction the only thing stopping it from being game of the year would be execution on that direction right so is are they kind of saying that wolfenstein 2 and resident evil 7 the two games that are nominated for this but not game of the year are um poorly executed is that are they making that commentary on it (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I find that interesting too because you could say that um, I could definitely see how you could reward Resident Evil and Wolfenstein for creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Um, but but yeah, I wonder about that. Like, what are they saying about them in terms of game of the year? Well, why don't we find out? Because the next one. and final category is game of the year. The nominations are... The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds, Persona 5, and Horizon Zero Dawn. And before we start, let's just say that we're not going to make our opinions on these known because we're going to save them for maybe something in the future. Um, but we can talk about what we predict will win. So I think it is safe to say, and I this might be a hot take, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. That Persona Five is not actually a contender. What do you think? Uh, mm, oh, it's 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 really hard. Could to Persona say. Five win? I this? mean, I think no. Well, I think, yeah, I I actually think that. It will be an uphill battle for any game other than Zelda to win. Um, I mean, these are all games that, you know, rightly deserve to be nominated for this. Uh, and, and actually, you know, there are probably others as well that arguably should be nominated. Um, but I just think it would be a real uphill climb for any of these games to, to beat Zelda um in, well in super mario odyssey does have a nearly identical critical reception to the legend of zelda and beats zelda in terms of timing it came out at probably the perfect time yeah. for this game awards do you do you think that'll affect it um it definitely could i mean let me put it this way: I'd be if Super Mario Odyssey won, I wouldn't be like, you know, I wouldn't be thoroughly shocked. But I think Zelda, I think Zelda is is the most likely to win, given even just the length of time that people have spent talking about it and writing about it and the impact that it's had. Um, it, it is one of those games that I think is almost at the level of 
Super Mario 64 in terms of kind of influence in the industry. Um, maybe not quite to that level, but not too far off. So I'd be, I would be surprised if Zelda right. didn't win. Uh, but Super Mario Odyssey is definitely pretty close. I think Persona 5 is very adored, but I don't think it's at that level. I think Mario and Zelda are at a different level than Persona 5. Just categorically, I really don't think Persona 5 has the same amount of likelihood to win. Um, Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn is probably closer but I still don't think it's at that level. Player Unknown's no. Battlegrounds might be at that level. It's hard to say. That game isn't technically even yeah. out yet. Uh, it's still in beta. A lot of people are are uh, interested in whether or not that should count. I don't really have an opinion. The game came out and you can buy it and play it. So as, as far as I'm concerned, it's out. Yeah. But that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds yeah. is the wild card. That's the one that I. That's the one that could come out of nowhere and beat everything else and be kind of a surprise winner. But I agree with you that Horizon and Persona Five, as as brilliant as they are, and as and and you know that in in any other year as we keep saying they could easily win game of the year without much trouble but you know you're competing with with two games that are you know aside from pretty much getting perfect scores everywhere um these are two of the biggest franchises in the industry and they they both happen to be releases that aren't just iterative improvements you know they're both quite big leaps forward for their respective franchises so it, it's really hard to see anything else coming coming very close to them yeah when i was reading reviews for mario and zelda mario's reviews read a lot like this is this is a new level of fun there's surprises around every corner it's it's so well designed in the way that a theme park is well designed designed right um, it, it, it's just constantly catching your eye on things where with Zelda, it, it, the reviews were like, if horizon two comes out and I can't climb anything I want to climb, I will feel bad about it. Yeah. And for that yeah. reason, or for, I suppose it would be called horizon one dawn, um, following zero dawn. Yeah. I, I think Zelda has this. But Mario could also have it. That That's my... I would go 80% Zelda, 20% Mario in terms of likelihood. No, I'd go 70% Zelda, yeah, 20 I, Mario, I 10 PUBG. And I, I unfortunately yeah. just don't think yep. Horizon and I, I think that's a good right breakdown. There. Well, we've no. done it. We've gone through the entire no. list of categories. It, was, it took longer than I thought. Sorry, James. Uh, sorry, listener, really. But I think we had some interesting conversations, and I'm excited to watch the Game Awards on... Hang on, this is another thing I should have researched. I'm pretty sure it's within the week. When is it? Do you know? <laughs> uh, uh, I think I read December 16th. Oh, did you? Um, Isn't it? 
mid-December. Well, December. And it's on like every, every, um, there are so many places you can watch it. I think a lot of people are probably going to yeah. watch it on Twitch. And I think they're doing some interactive stuff on Twitch as well, um, which should be interesting. Um, okay. I'm, why isn't the information readily available on their homepage? This is very annoying. How about we we put that information in the show notes, maybe? So you can that, watch um, the live celebration on Thursday, can, uh... December 7th. So five days from now, um, being that that's probably oh, December 7th, California time. Okay, we did it. <laughs> we got there. We got there in the end. I don't know what December 16th uh, was, but it wasn't that. something else that's important that day. Listeners, you can write in uh, to podcast at superjump.online your question or uh, or topic may be read on the show. We like to do after-school activities at the end of every episode because Superjump Podcast, uh, the proper Superjump Podcast, comes out every two weeks. Here's something that you can do in the meantime. I'll go first this time. There is a YouTube video that I think you should check out before the next episode of the Superjump Podcast. It's called why characters have more fingers in japan and it's called and it's it's by a youtube channel called censored gaming they go into the details of why certain cartoon characters and video games need to have the number of fingers they have on their hands changed from less than five to five when they come to or when they're localized into the japanese language it's just an interesting thing uh you might you might like the video. I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. James, what's your after-school activity? <laughs> um, mine is not nearly that weirdly fascinating. Uh, I'm going to recommend a YouTuber by the name of Super Bunny Hop, aka I'm going to mispronounce his surname, George Weidman. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his surname, but uh, in any case. He's probably one of the bigger gaming YouTubers out there. He's someone I've followed for a while. Um, his stuff is really great if you're not familiar with it. It's, um, he, he tends to do really in-depth looks at specific topics, whether it's a specific game or a franchise or kind of a gaming culture-related topic. And I really recommend um, his most recent video, which is a big kind of satire piece on... Uh, all of his recommendations to fix the game industry. It's it, it probably articulates more succinctly and better than I ever could all the kind of issues that are being discussed at the moment, especially around microtransactions. It's it's really funny and really insightful. So highly yeah, I I've been watching Super Bunny Hop for a while. He did a video probably five years ago now about Metal Gear Solid 2 that I really liked. It was a really interesting analysis of that game. So, before next episode, if you if you haven't already, please subscribe to us. And if you can, if you can spare a moment, please review us on iTunes. We'd really, really appreciate the feedback. Plus, it helps us a lot with our SEO, our search engine optimization. And uh, tell a friend if you like the show. We, we thrive on... Uh, we, we do a little bit of marketing, but if you tell a friend, uh, that that's pretty much the extent to which we gain new listeners. So, we'll jump at you next time. Stay super. Stay super.